You're listening to Soundplay, a radio show that features audio work produced by people in the Salem State community. We're your hosts. I'm Tanya Rodrigue, a professor in the English department. I'm Justin Noon, an English student here at SSU. Listen to those words coming from those SSU students all day. Soundplay. <laughs> Soundplay. Yeah, yeah. Trademark. <laughs> Trademark. Thank you guys for tuning in to the last episode of Soundplay. First and foremost, I would like to thank Professor Rodrigue for letting me come into the semester and help produce a lot of these episodes. It's been an amazing experience hearing all these super cool and creative stories. Our first one is from Dana Venture. She is a freshman year criminal justice major. Here's her piece. I hope you guys enjoy. My friend Alina is a normal everyday girl. She's incredibly smart, ranking number five in our high school for GPA. She's studying at the University of Vermont to work in stem cell research and hopes to make a great impact. She inspires me every day with how hard she works and how caring she is to people in need. With a personality as great as hers, it'd be hard to understand why she would ever be yelled at or put down by complete strangers. So, um, the... They either don't know how to talk to me, or um, they like cut me 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 off and like like um finish my sentence, which by the way is the absolute worst thing you can do because it just points it out. More. Yeah. So it's this vicious cycle. Alina has a severe stutter and has to learn how to navigate the stigma surrounding her wherever she goes. With constantly having your biggest insecurity brought up, Alina had to learn how to respond to those who have interest in the way she speaks. If if um it walks up to um to to me and like points out my speech, I'll like actually like um actually educate them and say, hey, people are different, and like I'm just the the same as 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 you. Although Alina would prefer to be known as just a normal person, there are many things that she has to do in order to conform that most people don't have to think about every day. These constant reminders of her difference takes a large toll on her. I I, I do life differently because it's um, just like a constant state of fear. Like, oh my god, damn it, I'm gonna crack. That's okay. <laughs> I put on mascara for this. <laughs> like, um, like, if, um, I, like, want Duncan's or, or, um, take out all, um, order on, on, on apps. Alina also says that she avoids using the phone and many times has to alter the way she speaks in order to choose different words that won't make her stutter. 
the frustration like isn't so much at like myself it's at others Alina says although she's close to her family and friends they make jokes about her stutter and it frustrates her like I can't speak up because they'll say oh it's it's just a joke calm down and I'm like I'm I'm calm you're the one like acting out of a line there's a lot of judgment that comes along with having a difference especially one that you cannot hide Alina constantly receives unsolicited comments while going about her daily life. My roommate and I drove to Duncan's, and um, and as we were talking, this older man heard me and basically. He told me, me I can't have have um, a career. I can't do this or or um that because I can't talk right. And at the at um the the, the, the time I just it turned I'm like oh I'm like whatever and um I like it tuned him out but my my room mate was like almost in tears he he said shit is that bad about me and and, and, and um, it's like happened so much to to where like I don't even notice. As a very intelligent woman, it can be very frustrating to Alina when people assume that she isn't capable of normal adulthood. She receives pity constantly. I've told this to tons of, of people. Just treat me like any other person. That is all we will want is to, to just be normal. Ava, on the half, like people to extra me and like say, is that like they feel bad for me and me and and i'm like don't the problem isn't this is what's causing the problem like i am not so much of the problem you are making your own problem out of this alina lives every day still attempting to learn how to navigate the world as someone who is labeled different she admitted she still doesn't know how to manage the hardships, but had a message for others to listen to. To younger people, um, 
WMWM 91.7 and the Soundplay Podcast in Salem, Massachusetts. I'm Dana. Our next piece is from Allison Cockett. She is an SSU student and a Salem transplant who's used her new her newfound love for audio storytelling to describe what it's like to work in downtown Salem. Here's her piece. When you walk into Why Not's Wands on Essex Street in Salem, this is how you will often be greeted by Rose behind the counter. Well, they're here. But where exactly are you? I have never seen anything to equal the ambiance, and it is that that was created by Mr. McGuire in, in the design of this shop. Mr. McGuire is Tim. He's the owner of this shop and others on Essex Street here in Salem. Uh, Tim created a place here which makes people literally burst into tears when they step over the threshold. I've seen it happen more than once. We love to uh, to touch their lives with a little magic and try to sprinkle some stardust into the corners of oftentimes a very mugglish existence. When you ask about the wand shop, most people in town know and love Rose, and they'll tell you she seems to be a living extension of the store. Uh, with a PhD in fantasy and science fiction, it's hard for me to find a, uh, a witch niche, one might say, for myself, but this is a perfect fit. Children love the wands that are sold here at the shop and seem to love the magic that comes with them as well. Children do deserve the truth, and I try to give them very simple uh, but usable instructions on how they can make their wands work. What, and it also helps me to educate them about what real witches do. Witches are healers and they will be sending good energy out, helpful, hopeful, healthy, happy energy. And it's easy for anybody to do that. What is it like working in downtown Salem during October? The madness, the stress, is it still worth it? It's the time of year when everybody else looks like me. <laughs> I find myself perversely gratified that way. Um, and then when everybody else comes in wearing moon and star earrings, and I thought, I do this all the time. 
but uh, I'm glad they're having a chance to play at being magical too and maybe developing some of their magical powers and properties while they're here. But uh, people have asked me um, what Halloween in Salem can be compared to. And I said, I had to come up with a really extreme analogy and even that pales by comparison when I, uh, I say, all right, uh, think of a cross between Carnival in Rio and a mass breakout from Azkaban Wizard's Prison. And they say, oh my God, that bad. And I say, no, that good. It depends on what side of the counter you're looking at. On. <laughs> I must admit, it is a very exhausting time of the year because there is a steady flow of customers, of course, from the time the doors open until the time they close at night, which can be as late as 10 p.m. And this goes on day after day. So I pour everything I have into what I do. So I'm probably a little more tired, I guess, than some folks are. It takes me about a month to, to recharge after that, but it is worth it. It really is. You mentioned being a Salem transplant and that you've lived in some pretty magical places previously. How did you find Salem? Halloween has always been my favorite holiday, and I often wondered before I moved to Salem whether there was some place in the world that just might be wise enough to celebrate 40 days of Halloween <laughs> uh, as, as we celebrate 40 days of land or Advent. And lo and behold, <laughs> hallow and behold, I found that it was uh, the Witch City that was doing that. And this, you can't find a better place to experience the spirit of Halloween, I don't think. I was drawn here after I left Scotland, where I lived for a year and a half, and I was initiated as a witch into the Coven of the Blue Dragon in Edinburgh, and I wanted to pursue further witch studies. So I thought, what better town than Salem? And uh, so I came back and, and settled here and have been very happy. Ever since then, it is a town that is accepting of people who are unusual in various orientations and uh, that's one of the reasons why I've always felt at home here. I've been eccentric and creative. If I were at Hogwarts I would probably be a Ravenclaw because uh, of course wit beyond measure is man's greatest treasure is the motto of that noble house but also it is the house of the learned and the uh, those who aspire to be witty and wise. Do you use a wand when you practice magic? When I work with the wand, I often do it for uh, purposes of conducting, pulling energy toward me and funneling it down through my feet to dissipate it harmlessly into the earth. I enjoy cleansing areas in, with a wand in that way because the, the work stays done. Pulling the energy out and funneling it down where it's going to be disposed of properly is, is the best way to do it. And I do have a wand from the Gnarly Group uh, that was done in the shape of a quill. It's my writer's wand. Uh, they did that a couple of years ago, and I haven't really seen anyone like it, but they actually did it like a quill, and it was, it's so thin you can almost see through it. And they dagged the edges of the underside of the curve so that it looks like feathers. So I use that as a writer's wand and also uh, for teaching. 
I always love to talk up the wand I call the unicorn twist. When I call it the unicorn twist, people look at me as though I'm describing a weird dance craze. And I say, okay, if it's a dance, you put your finger to your forehead and you wiggle your hips. But the symbolism of the unicorn is really incredibly complicated and powerful. Uh, that creature has been revered for thousands of years, not only in the West. The Kirin is the Chinese unicorn. They walk on the clouds and spear the enemies of the emperor with their horns. And here in the West, they can be guardian creatures too because of his purity. And it is believed that he was willing to let his horn be taken and ground into a powder, uh, which could even raise the dead. So the innocence, courage, self-sacrifice, love, uh, they're all such beautiful, positive characteristics that it makes it a very powerful wand to work with. For WMWM 91.7 and the Soundplay podcast in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm Allison. Salem State University Radio. They must pay us millions to stop broadcasting. WMWM Salem, 91.7 FM and WMWMonline.com. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always encountered him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call, your presence, your words, your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. I hope you guys enjoyed that piece from Allison. Our next one is from Osvaldo Moreno. He is a sophomore year art major, and his piece is titled Behind the Success of Jose Mendoza. Without further ado, here it is. Um, And then thirdly, I think it's about... This is Jose Mendoza. I just lost my train of thought, bro. Oh my gosh. He's currently a senior at Lesley University. Yeah, I legit just went blank. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. For only being 21, he's already a pretty accomplished guy. Bro, why are you wearing sandals in this short right now? It ain't summertime. It's actually not a summertime. really like 50, accomplished 55. guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Just uh, take a look at his resume. It's pretty stacked. Currently, I'm the vice president for the Success Boston Initiative Program. I've been a member of the Boston Foundation Council, working with Liberty Mutual at their corporate headquarters on talent consulting, working with the Obama Foundation on civic engagement. I've been at Harvard in four different positions, working with the economic development team, working with the college and career team, working on community programming, and also working on Project Teach with Boston Public Schools and Cambridge Public Schools. I'm also part of the student government as the undergraduate student organization representative. I've been a senator, chairperson of public affairs, student body president. I've also been the chairperson of finance for different organizations on campus and more yes and more but out of all these great involvements and achievements there's one that stands out the most to him and that's becoming his school's first latino student body president it felt super super great becoming the first student body president as a latino uh, male i thought you know that we were changing history we were changing that legacy piece again right we were going to be preparing the next generation you know students who identify like myself that they can also do the same thing right but also showing students from other universities that they can also do the same thing getting to this point for jose was unprecedented for him his family and his school but to get to this point he had to get through and learn through many things where that all started for him 
was in Honduras when he was born. And at an already young age, his parents were left to make a pretty big decision. Now, early on, my parents always knew that education was really key. And unfortunately, in the city that I was in, a lot of students were not receiving the same proper education as those in the city of, of Tegucigalpa, Honduras. So they chose to come up to Boston. Uh, we decided to move to the States because we knew that education here would be beyond better. It would also be free for public schools. And like any other regular kid in the United States, Jose went through elementary school, middle school, and then high school. But it wasn't until high school that Jose noticed some of his peers getting involved in different clubs, groups, and organizations. What really stood out to him was seeing his school's student government. Um, at first, I was like, okay, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit greedy. I was like, oh, okay, they're doing it. That means that I have to do it. But then I noticed that when I looked at all the executive board members, like the president, vice president, treasurer, etc., they were always uh, white. I saw that there was no one really representing my communities. Uh, no one was representing, you know, my identities, again, as a first-gen, low-income Latino male. There was no one from my side being able to represent my people. And that really motivated me even more to really dive in deeper into these organizations and become a part of it and really raise that voice for the voices that are not being heard. So he got involved the same way his classmates did. He joined the many clubs, groups, and organizations to then eventually face his next challenge, college. It wasn't until my junior year when my counselor, my guidance counselor, started talking to me about uh, SATs, ACTs, and college prep and all these things that you got to do in order to go to college. And I was like, what are you talking about? In the past, like when I would go and apply for a middle or high school, it was just me setting a formula with my parents and selecting, you know, my choices of where I wanted to go. Uh, but I soon started to re really realize and discover what the process was to go to college. So he applied and applied and applied and applied to a total of 18 different schools getting accepted by 17 of them and being deferred by just one. With the help of already being involved in his school and community, Jose was looking forward to carry the same kind of involvement to the school he decided to go to, Leslie University, a predominantly white liberal arts school located in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So as any excited freshman, he looked at his options, but something immediately stood out to him. I soon realized that there were more organizations at my university than my high school there were much much more opportunities for me to really join and meet a lot of people so that's exactly what i did and i also again like i saw that there were a lot of people in all these organizations but they were not people like myself so although i was meeting a lot of different students i saw that we didn't have that much of a connection you know i would tell them that, oh yeah i graduated from a public school or i'm from honduras i'm a first gen and they would look at me a little bit differently but they wouldn't like put me to the side but they would just be like oh that's kind of cool like i'm not a first gen or i went to a private university, I soon realized that they were not people in these organizations like myself again. And I started to question that. I saw that it was the same thing in my high school, that there was not executive board leaders in these organizations that identified as the different communities that make up the institution. Right away, he joined student government since he knew that was the one place he could be an immediate impact. It was also there where Jose let his voice be heard. Um, so I think that energy, that fire in me of high school, of making sure that my, you know, my people essentially are being represented in every single meeting, it was something that I knew that I wanted to do. And that's exactly what I started doing early on. And I started seeing that people were actually hearing me. People were actually taking notes and were asking me questions back as to why do you believe we should do this? Why do you think this is important? And I would be able to answer those questions as to one, you're right now currently only representing one community when this institution is actually made up of different communities, not just one. So that was something that I was able to really, you know, showcase and highlight 
and really advocate and continue on early on. And people were actually enjoying that. They were liking that. Although it was bringing, it was bringing more work, as student leaders, we were able to, one, start to represent more students from the body. Results showed instantly on campus when Jose joined. So for the first year, we actually got to increase our student organization by 17 new clubs. And a lot of these clubs were actually represented for students of color. So we were bringing to life the Black Student Union, the Multicultural Student Association, the Latino Student Association, all these organizations that in the past were not really recognized. Um, and with that change, you know, it brought a lot of backlash as well, that some funding for different organizations was not going to be the same. It was actually going to be different. Um, but that's okay because change does bring a lot of different um, impact. And I was able to really show that, you know, student government is not just for some organizations. It's really for all student organizations. His presence and the presence of others who could relate to him was being felt. This made it easy for him to move up positions from being a class senator of the 2020 class his freshman year to them being chair of public affairs his sophomore year. He was left to think about what he wanted to do the following year, especially because he felt like there weren't many others who saw what he saw. So I realized that from my spring semester of my sophomore year that I wanted to continue doing that. And we had some people who wanted to run for president, but they really were not running for president to be president of the organization. They were running to be president to really use that platform as a resume builder, as, you know, a quote unquote, like, oh, like if I'm president of this organization, uh, I can have more experiences or I can make more connections. He was left with one option to become Leslie's next student body president. So I realized that and I decided to run for student body president my junior year. And my platform was that I wanted to represent all the students. Everybody was going to receive the same opportunity in terms of funding, recognition, and make sure that the board of trustees knew who they were as well. As you know, he won. But with all success and accomplishment, there are challenges. And he faced a couple, especially from others, on his campus. I think a lot of them came from organizations that thought that change was happening for the worst. Along with... You know, they thought that I wasn't qualified to be president. They thought that I wasn't, you know, bringing ideas and representing all students. And even while he was president. A lot of people will question, I said, are you sure? Like, he won. Are you sure? Like, he he's supposed to be, like, the next invited president. Like, I didn't vote for him. Like, he's not representing me. But even with all the challenges, backlash, and differences, Jose knew what it meant not only for him, but for many others. I think it's about empowerment, and I was able to really think about it and realize that, wow, you know, I might have won, but in reality, it's not just me who won. Right now, all students who identified as a Latino, as a male, as a first generation, as a low-income student, you know, we are actually winning together right now. And it just felt super, super great to making sure that I would have the opportunity of making sure my voice was going to be heard and is going to be heard at that time. And it is heard right now, right now, right now. Jose will be graduating this upcoming spring semester from Leslie University. For WMWM 91.7, the Soundplay Podcast in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm Osvaldo Moreno. Hey, this is Dan Finnerty from the Dan Band. You're listening to WMWM 91.7, fucking Salem. Coffee Time has been a family-owned and operated bakery since 1978. They offer scratch-made pies and scones, and now through Thanksgiving, apple cider donuts and pumpkin cheesecake. 
Grab a fresh cup of coffee or real hot chocolate milk to go with your favorite treat. Coffee Time, setting the standard for homemade baked goods right here in Salem. Coffee Time, 96 Bridge Street, Route 1A in Salem. Thank you, Osvaldo, for sharing his piece with us. Our last piece for today's episode and of this current season is from Tony Karai. He is a sophomore year computer science student. Here's his featured piece. So, like, you know, dangerous to go outside the house kind of thing? It is very dangerous after six, after a certain time, because people stay at home and dark. They cut the electricity about four hours. And really? They, yeah. Like, every four hours, they cut it for four hours. Uh-huh. Then they give it back for four hours. They cut it back for four hours. It's just routine. And So, who's they? Like, Who? the government. Oh, the they, government they, themselves. They're trying to save electricity. Yeah. There's not enough to provide all cities so every city gets it for four hours really so it's been like that ever since you can remember yeah been like that since the war probably with an ongoing civil war my good friend ahmad al hayek who hails from damascus syria speaks upon his experience while he lived there i remember uh, once i was uh, alone at home and uh, so i live in an area that controlled by the government yeah and the rebels threw missiles on that area like the whole house shake the cars got smashed and i was by myself at home i was like honestly i was scared ahmad decides to leave syria when he was the right age he did not know english or anything about the american educational system so did you know english when you were in syria uh no no so you learned it here i learned all of it here like you you didn't know anything before you came Nothing. Nothing. I came uh, to Salem State as an F1 visa. Mm-hmm. Studied English for a bit. Then uh, I applied for asylum. Dropped out of school. Dropped and, out? Yeah, Why is that? Because they forced you to take ESL classes, and I didn't want to oh, learn yeah, English through school. I wanted to, like, I got a job, learned it through my coworkers. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. It took about a year and a half. year and a half, yeah. Yeah. So... I worked at Whole Foods back then, but the department that I worked at had mostly like 14 members, and we don't have a lot of laughing chefs. Yeah. So I didn't learn as much, but when I transferred to Whole Foods at Swampscott, mm-hmm. we have like a team of probably 14. Really? And every time, at least I work with four, and they're like talking. And, and they're all talking yeah. to each other, yeah. Coming to America all alone, however, posed many challenges for him. The hardest thing to adopt here is li- like living at home where you have a mother that like helps you doing that la- I- honestly i never did laundry at home yeah. because like the way i grew up my like my mother or like sisters take care of laundry cooking like organizing the room to like learning how to do laundry and i didn't have a laundry at home so i used to walk like 10 minutes the laundry man. Yeah, to the laundry man. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, let me call my mom. What should I do? <laughs> I never played with a washer. After watching a friend do some computer science work, Ahmad decides to go back to college and pursue computer science studies. So, I met a friend and uh, 
who was studying computer science at Salem State. And I was telling her, like, let me see what you do. And she saw me, like, writing codes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I like this. <laughs> and I went back to college. I actually learned the so computer science to a friend. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, so I applied for computer science. Ahmad would like to go back to his home country of Syria and try to spread the knowledge of computer science. I, I would like to yeah. to go back eventually, but I want to establish my life here. I want to learn as much as I can. So when I go back home, I want to start like something new. Like We don't have software companies there. We don't have like pretty good websites. I want to like, bring that all the technology back there and open a company that can sell and softwares yeah even though Ahmad has seen some rapid change throughout the past few years of his life he is doing his best to adapt and to make his family proud back at home by pursuing his computer science career at Salem State University for WMWM 91.7 in the sound play podcast in Salem Massachusetts I'm Tony Karai thank you all for listening Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the last episode of the season of this season of Soundplay. It's been tons of fun listening and really engaging with a lot of these stories this semester. I can't thank Professor Rodriguez enough for letting me come in this semester and work with her. It's been an amazing experience. Thank you to anyone who's ever listened to one of these episodes. And although my last semester of college didn't go exactly as planned i still had a great time working on all these episodes and listening to all these great projects thank you to anybody who even offered to play their stuff on our show seriously it's a blessing and for the last time from wmwm and the soundplay podcast this is justin signing out also, this is one of my favorite songs, so I'm leaving this out and I'll just let it play through. Alright, see you guys. Baby, do you still sleep alone? Come back to me.